0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the Mark 10, 11 through 12, Matthew 5, 31 through 32, Matthew 19, 8 through 9 episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to help you understand how to interact with a person who holds the man made traditional views of what we covered in the What the Flock episode. I'm Jonathan Fries. Here with Joel Swakowski. Hey, Joel, can you remind us of the verses from this episode?
1: Yes, I can. Now, uh, disclaimer before I read them, I'm going to read them as I did at the beginning of the What the Flock episode. So you will be hearing these verses as they relate or as they often are portrayed in the modern and popular translations. Here's what we're dealing with in the church today as it relates to these verses. Mark 10, 11, and 12 says, So he said to them, whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Matthew 5, 31, and 32 says, Furthermore, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that whoever divorces his wife for any reason except sexual immorality causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a woman who is divorced commits adultery. And then Matthew 19, 8 and 9 says, And he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another commits adultery, and whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery
0: boy that was a lot of talking in that episode how you doing? yes
1: i'm all right man I'm all right. it was it was a lot a lot a lot i feel i feel good though i feel really good
0: yeah it just it brings a whole ton of clarity to this topic and separating this concept again and i think for our listeners to be able to do a deep dive themselves i think the last thing that we want is for people to go oh you know <laughs> Divorce and uh, putting away are two different concepts, and you know why I believe that because I listened to this podcast that Joel said, and I trust what Joel says. It's right. like let, no, no, no. Doing a deep dive on these verses and finding out yourself and looking at and looking at them yourself is really, really helpful. So I'm excited that we have this podcast down so that people are able to listen to it and learn it for themselves so that you can do they a Bible study to...
1: alongside the you. you open up your Bible and go through one chunk at a time with us. Yeah why not and just press pause in between open your Bible up with it.
0: Yep. And and get it out and you know make some make some marks in it. Do some circling and yeah and say you know this is actually putting away this is actually divorce. Yep. It's really helpful. What are your initial thoughts on the episode?
1: Well, I find it interesting that the King James Version and the American Standard Version, those Bibles have the translations of putting away in divorce fairly accurately in the verses we've covered. And the reason that's interesting is neither of these translations are owned by anyone.
0: Interesting.
1: The King James and the ASV are on the public domain. You can use them without... Worrying about any copyright infringement or trademarks or anything. Every other version of the Bible that is owned by someone or some company or some organization uses divorce in their translation of these passages, resulting in a Jesus that is not the Son of God. So
0: coincidental?
1: Yeah. I mean, and and there's theories we have as to why this is and, you know, going all the way back to the Protestant Reformation of like the the church wanting to prevent people from marrying multiple spouses and preventing people from getting divorced for whatever reason. I mean, is it right to misrepresent Jesus in this way? I mean, no, absolutely not. No way. But what about the pastors and teachers and preachers who use versions of the Bible with the wrong translations of these concepts of putting away and divorce? Yeah, that's an issue. But what bothers me even more is what about these pastors, teachers, and preachers who continue to use these translations and continue to teach these contradictory man-made traditions after they've been shown they're wrong? Ooh, That's where it's like, it's become will, it's become willful at this point. Correct. It reminds me of, um, you know, our friend who wrote a book about modeling God, taught about grace being the divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life, taught that definition to some pastors back when he was still writing the book. And one of the pastors he interacted with agreed with him. And that definition, as we know, we've covered it. It's God's definition. It came came directly out of the Strong's Concordance. John didn't invent the word or the the definition. This pastor's response was, I believe you. That is the right definition. But I'm not going to teach it that way. I'm going to teach it the way I always have, the wrong way. Because I don't want to admit I was wrong for 20 years. That is, ouchieville. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the stuff. My initial thoughts are just like, this has been one of the areas where our friend John and in our community has been the most persecuted in. Has been over the things we have taught from the Bible as it relates to marriage. Divorce and putting away.
0: Yep. And doesn't it make sense that that's where an attack would come from? Is you know salvation, people's relationship with others in the church, and marriage. Yeah. Can you give us an overview of the damage done with this episode's verse?
1: Yeah. Most simply, the strict side doesn't understand marriage and divorce, and the loose side doesn't understand God's will and justice.
0: Excellent. So how would you handle a person who holds to the man-made belief about this verse?
1: Well, let's look, let's look, Jonathan. Depends on what they believe about this verse or these verses or in this situation, this concept, right? Here are some popular options. So number one, what we'll do is let's go ahead first into some of the things that Apostle Tater and Pastor Rich help us helped us see in the What the Flock episode. For instance, divorce is a sin. Jesus said so. Whatever God has put together, let no man separate. A lot to cover here. This is a pretty standard answer. But I could just simply ask, where does it say divorce is a sin? And now with all this information I have from the What the Flock episode, I could maybe open the Bible with these people and show them some of the issues. I could ask them, "What about Deuteronomy twenty-four, where the law teaches how to divorce?" Hmm. Or I could go the other route. Did God put every marriage together? And then, how about this? This one's the this one's the hammer. I love it. If divorce is a sin, did God sin when He divorced Israel? And a side note: check out Jeremiah three. Verse 8, for yourself to see that. Number two, if you marry someone who is divorced, you are committing adultery. Okay, another very, very common belief that we've heard based on this. I could say, according to who? According to Jesus? Are you saying Jesus didn't know the law? Or are you saying he intentionally taught people in a way that contradicted the law? So again, here, a lot of these verses, you know, what we can do, it's like, especially if somebody wants to make a claim, we've said this in our our podcast for seasons now at multiple times, one of the best first moves to make when you're dealing specifically with Bible verses is to open the Bible. So that's always a good move. With, the, with these verses, always a really good move would be to first open the Bible before you even ask any questions. Or maybe your first question should be, well, before we discuss this, can we open our Bibles? Example number three. Now, this one is coming from like the Pastor Rich side. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about this too much. It's an outdated law and only applied to the culture of the time. Now, here's where the questions go to, well, what what is your measure for what parts of the Bible were meant to apply to our lives versus the parts we can count as outdated? Sure. So, you know, likely the answer to that is, well, the areas we don't understand or that make us feel uncomfortable, we don't have to apply to our lives
0: anymore. <laughs> right. Right.
1: Then, you know, Pastor Rich also posed this perspective of, I wouldn't worry about this too much. It's like, well, what are we supposed to worry about? What should we focus on? Again, it's kind of getting to that same question of like, well, what parts of the Bible are important versus which ones aren't? Here's verse four. This is one of the perspectives we covered all the way back season one, when we talked about divorce, there was this perspective I don't really worry about divorce because I never got married. Mm. Well, here it's, I mean, what's your definition of divorce? What's your definition of marriage? Maybe even discussing, you know, many people are married without knowing it when they don't understand what marriage is. But even bigger than all that, it's like, if this person's a believer, they are part of the bride. All of us are affected by marriage because we are part of the bride of Christ. And, you know, we're around people. I'm not married. But you are, and I'm connected to you. Sure. So it still matters. Totally. So that really is just one of these distracting techniques. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to worry about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Then here's one we've seen a lot of damage happen through this perspective. So number five is this idea of our ability to stay married through the tough times is a source of evangelism to the lost. Yes. Well, how does staying married in an abusive marriage work for evangelism? (laughs) Right. Does God want us in an unprofitable and destructive marriage? Is that your picture of eternity with
0: Christ? Right. Is that, is that, will be known, will be known by our love for each other?
1: Right. Yeah. Yep. So those are, those are five Amazing. very common popular beliefs about these concepts of divorce and, and some of the, the techniques we would advise you to use when interacting with people who hold to these perspectives.
0: That's awesome. Finally, can you remind us once more what the ultimate answer is, Joel?
1: Yes. Believing spouses can divorce each other. And the greater community ought to embrace both of them, not shun them. A believing spouse can put away an unbelieving spouse, but they don't have to. Also, They can put away an unbelieving spouse, but they don't have to humiliate them. Right. And notice, this is how Jehovah, God the Father, handled his marriage to Israel and Judah. Having the wrong doctrine about marriage, divorce, and putting away would cause a person to have to say that Jehovah, our Father God, had sinned in either of his two marriages. No, thank you.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Have you seen any uh, have you seen any healing with people who have been divorced when they learn this information? Have you experienced any of that?
1: Yeah, I have. I think there's a lot of people especially in the church who feel like they're walking around with the scarlet D. I'm divorced and now I can't serve in the church. I'm not worthy of, of leadership and it becomes part of how they identify with themselves. And though I try to bear the pain of the, of the, you know, whether divorce is, is according to the law of God or not, even though it, we know it is, doesn't mean that it, it's not going to be painful. And me and Jonathan, you know, you and I are definitely not saying divorce isn't painful, and that it can't be ugly because it's in the law. Now, I think there's a right way to divorce where it doesn't have to be destructive, but I try to bear the pain of the people who have been, and once that emotional weight is bore, what I try to do in edifying the person and building them up is recognizing God doesn't, God doesn't look at that like a strike against you. Mm -hmm. God's not looking at how many marriages or divorces you've had as it relates to whether or not he can use you. Totally. Man and ourselves are putting those scarlet D's on our chest, walking around as if this makes me somebody that other people should look down on. So I think the most healthy thing I've seen is people recognizing you know god's mercy and forgiveness in these areas and and it's also the the doctrine of marriage and divorce in particular especially marriage and what marriage really is is one of the best ways to help young men and women recognize um you know you have sexual intercourse with somebody you're married are you ready to take on that responsibility. Mm -hmm. So there's been repair there as well. We found that the greatest technique to helping teenagers deal with sexual intercourse is helping them understand the way God sees it. Instead of telling them it's a sin to have sex, we tell them this is what God views sex as. He views it as marriage. And that's a way way better, more powerful weapon against making stupid decisions in that area. See, I've seen, I've seen a lot of healing and power in this, in these teachings.
0: That's awesome. Cool. Well, I want to take a look at these verses that we've covered and read them according to what we've learned today. So according to God's language. And wouldn't you know, the American standard version gets it almost all the way there. Nice. Mark 10, 11 through 12. And he saith unto them, whosoever shall put away his believing wife and marry another, committeth adultery against the first wife. And if she herself shall put away her believing husband and marry another. She committeth adultery against the first husband. Mm. How's that? Yeah, it's clear. Matthew 5, 31 through 32. It was said also, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you that everyone that putteth away his believing wife saving for the cause of unbelief through committing idolatry, maketh her an adulteress. And whosoever shall marry the believing wife, when she is put away, also committeth adultery, because in God's eyes, she is still married to the original husband. Man. Yeah. That's Matthew, what it reads. That's how right? it
1: reads when you understand the doctrine, right? Exactly. So
0: Matthew nineteen eight through 9. He saith unto them, Moses, for your hardness of heart suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it hath not been so. And I say unto you, whosoever shall put away his wife except for unbelief through committing idolatry and shall marry another, committeth adultery against the first wife. And also, he that marrieth the believing wife, when she is put away, Committeth adultery.
1: Oh, just a lot of proving truth out contrastively, right? It's like, let's look at this situation from every angle it can be looked at, which is why it can sound complicated. But again, when you have the doctrine and you understand the doctrine, it just brings so much clarity. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Joel. And thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the Music of Life Church podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know.